Hi everyone, my name is Melissa Lee and I'm your health coach who targets women with PCOS and women in general who wants to achieve stubborn weight loss. I do my best work when I work with PCOS urban women in their 30s who are embarrassed about their weight but want to feel comfortable in their bodies and are able to lose stubborn weight naturally. In this podcast, we talk about various topics including why stubborn weight loss is so hard to achieve. If this is you, definitely put this in your podcast list because one episode will be released every single week. Hi everyone, I have Daniel Diaz, a licensed esthetician and founder of Saving Face in San Diego on the show today to chat about excessive facial hair and skin concerns. Daniel provides cutting-edge uh, facial treatments blended with traditional healing philosophies for an integrated approach to beautiful skin. She invited me on to her skin series a month back, and I'm really happy to have her on today because I want to showcase her knowledge and her expertise. We will be talking about hair removal strategies, the common struggles associated with skin, how acne is related to PCOS, and more on skincare ingredients. So welcome. Thanks, Mel. I'm glad to be here. Good to yeah. talk to you. It's nice to uh, converse again. Um, so just you know, give a little background. How did you get involved with skin, skin health? Um, well, I, I'm a acne sufferer. I have had uh, mm. skin issues pretty much as long as I can remember and all kinds of skin issues. I've had eczema, I've had psoriasis, I've had dermatitis, I've had perioral dermatitis. Wow. Um, so I, <laughs> yeah, not all necessarily at the same time, but at mm. one time or another, like that's just, it's where my pathology comes up. So, um, if we look at any given person, when you have health issues that bubble over, there's usually one area that bubbles over. It's usually where you're the weakest. And for me, it's just the skin is where mm. everything comes up. So I've always been really interested in skincare. I'm a reformed product junkie. I hit the Sephora VIP. The rouge <laughs> uh, level. Like the status? The, wow. Yeah, the, the rouge level. That year that I hit that, um, I think it was like $1,000 within like eight months. I was like, okay, it's time maybe to curve the skincare addiction. But um, I love products and that led me to want to be an esthetician. I always mm. was getting facials when I had acne and I did a lot of things that led me in the wrong direction. And once I started getting the education myself and looking at really like what is going on in the skin and the body, how it's related, how diet's related, how lifestyle's related. Um, I knew that that's where I wanted to be and that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So that's, you're bringing a lot of like personal experience into this as well, which I really love. Um, so can you tell us, you know, many women with PCOS have excess facial hair mm -hmm. and obviously they have like acne or whatever else, skin problems as well. Um, I want to focus a little bit more on the facial hair part. Like, can you tell us a little bit more about hair removal strategies, including IPL? Sure. Um, so, you know, hair removal strategies, there's temporary and there's semi-permanent. Nothing is really 100% permanent. Um, the closest to 100% permanent hair removal would be electrolysis. Um, the way IPL works, and actually laser hair removal, the way um, they, they work very similar, um, where you're creating heat energy, and that heat energy is directed at the pigment in the hair. So you have hair and follicle, 
We direct this heat energy at the hair. It targets the melanin in the hair follicle and that um, breaks up the root, the little kind of root ball where the hair is formed. Um, everybody has hair on their face. If you even the most smooth, perfect, skin, you still have vellus hairs, what we call that peach fuzz. So hair is normal, it's supposed to be there. Um, but in women, we don't wanna see terminal hair. Terminal hair is like the hair on your head and your underarms. Um, it's what makes a man's beard. It's that thicker, um, coarse hair. More solid, solid coarse hair. So that's what, as a woman, we really don't want on the face. And that's because it's, it's really what we associate as feminine versus masculine. And the reason that ends up happening with PCOS is because of the imbalance in the hormones. Mm -hmm. um, because of the, the polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, you get an excess of testosterone in the body. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've talked plenty about how that excess testosterone does all <laughs> kinds of things that wreak havoc on our body. Mm -hmm. But in the skin specifically, um, there's a conversion that happens. And it happens in the skin level where you have that excess testosterone and there's an enzyme, 5-alpha um, reductase, that converts the testosterone into dihydrotestosterone, uh, testosterone, so DHT. Mm -hmm. And the dihydrotestosterone is what forms the hair. It's what causes excess sebum, is, which is what leads to the acne. So it's really that same reaction that happens on the skin level that will have us create this excess hair. Um, and the acne. There are some topical ingredients, some antioxidants, some anti-inflammatory type ingredients that reduce the amount of this reaction. There are 5-alpha reductase inhibitors. Mm -hmm. So if we can actually take that enzyme out of the equation, then we don't get the chemical reaction from high testosterone to DHT, mm -hmm. then you're going to see less hair and you're going to see less acne. So it's really cool that like there's actually mm -hmm. some topical things that can help there. Right. And we'll talk a little bit later about um, what sort of ingredients to look for. Yeah, that sounds exciting. I feel like that's a lot of what people want to find out, especially women who come to me. They're always like, is IPL good for me? You know, is this, is that? Um, that's really interesting, the whole science around yeah. it. Um, so Back to the whole hair removal thing, you know, the semi and permanent, what do you usually kind of recommend if someone, you know, has that excess facial hair and it comes to you? Um, usually it's going to depend on budget, time, commitment level. Um, okay. Very and the, yeah. And the amount of hair and how much of an issue it really is. Um, actually, my... Um, I can, I'm always concerned about this with my daughter. My, my husband's family is relatively hairy, just, be, just in general, they're, they're hairy uh -huh. people. So I'm like, I was thinking about like, hey, what am I gonna recommend to my daughter uh -huh. um, if she ends up in a situation where she has excess hair? And uh, the most permanent option would be electrolysis. Okay. It's, it's usually more expensive. It's a little time consuming because you, you can only do a very small amount at a time. So it takes many sessions to get it done. But the way electrolysis works is they use a, a fine tip needle mm -hmm. and put it directly into the hair follicle and like zap the hair follicle at the root ball. So what we're talking about with IPL or laser hair removal, um, you're using light. So you're using high energy light, which is directed at the hair. It's kind of like um, your throwing a dart at a dartboard 
Mm -hmm. and you might hit the dartboard cool. Um, but with electrolysis, it's like taking a sword and pointing the sword oh, straight at that, that dartboard. Okay. So you yeah, know you're going to hit it because right. you're going like right where you need to go. Mm -hmm. So um, IPL, I feel, is a lot more accessible. Mm -hmm. um, there's at-home laser hair removal kits. Like you can buy a oh, device that'll do yeah. it at home. Um, those tend to be, because they're at-home devices, they tend to be a little less um, effective. But if you're like one of those gung-ho people that you're like, yeah, sure, I'll take like a little <laughs> bit of time every day and zap my hair, it, it will work. It, it is effective. Um, I don't have a facial hair issue, but I've done laser hair removal on other parts of my body. Mm -hmm. And they're not 100% permanent. Um, it works really effective. Definitely the mm -hmm. hair in those areas is thinner, finer and there's and sparser but there's always going to be a little bit of hair regrowth mm -hmm. no matter where you go um, i can testify to that i also <laughs> so i did ipl when i was younger actually my mom brought me to it i didn't even know what the hell i was doing and then this woman she put it was like really weird i don't know if it's kind of the same technique but she put some kind of gel on my pits and then you know yeah it was like the heat through that and then it felt kind of numb and then after like 12 sessions i really did see like a difference and you're right like it's not permanent like my hair is back now but it's just definitely more sparse and it's like growing slower um, yeah, yeah, so um, the gel, that's sometimes the way it's done with the gel mm -hmm. is um, it helps the light focus mm -hmm. working through a gel. Sometimes you don't need a gel. A lot of the out-home devices don't require that. You just mm -hmm. kind of put it straight on the skin, get as close as possible. Um, you usually have to shave the area first because you sure. want as direct a line from the skin surface to mm -hmm. that root ball. Um, so that does help. Oh, interesting. So other than IPL and electrolysis, I mean, those are like, I guess, kind of the main two biggest ones. Are there any others that people should be aware of? I mean, other than waxing. Or waxing, yeah. Waxing, shaving. sugaring, tweezing, like those okay. are all non-permanent. They're temporary. But um, over time, with anything that removes the hair from the root, you mm -hmm. do get a weakening in the root as well. So um, yeah you like if you wax your like I've been waxing my legs for a long time um the hair grows back thinner and finer right uh, just because you're not uh you're pulling it straight from the root so the root itself mm -hmm. weakens over time and then you have less hair regrowth um shaving of course is going to be like the quickest easiest and cheapest option but definitely not permanent at all it's right and when it grows back it's really itchy Right. Yeah, with the terminal hair, it will be itchy. Um, vellus hair doesn't. Like um, in California, we don't dermaplane, but other places we do dermaplaning, which is using a, a scalpel to remove that vellus hair. And when that grows back, it's not itchy at all. It just kind of comes back as like it feels exactly the same as it was. What about threading? That just came up for me because I used yeah. to thread my brows, but I yeah. also know that people thread their, like their other. Yeah. You can thread, thread anywhere. It's the same sort of thing. It's like, like waxing or sugaring where you're just pulling from the root, um, okay. but you're using string and you basically, the string gets twisted up mm -hmm. and where it's twisted, that grabs hold of the hair and pulls it from the root. So they mm -hmm. can usually get really close to the skin level and pull yeah. it from the root. Yeah, that's why you can get like really defined brows. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to get mine done today. 
So awesome. Everything's opening. (laughs) Okay. So, oh, quick question. So about the IPL, are there any like, you know, any of the laser treatments, are there actually any side effects to that or it's relatively safe? There's not that I really know of um, side effect wise. Sometimes you can have a little bit of burning to the actual skin. Okay. Usually that's like maybe a little bit of temporary pinkness and that goes away, but I haven't heard of any like major side effects. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's, that's tough with um, IPL and laser hair removal is you really, because it targets the melanin in the hair follicle, you really works best on dark hair, light skin. So for darker complexions, sometimes it's not effective or it's not even an option to, to do a, a laser and IPL because you don't have enough contrast mm. to hit the actual hairs. So With then what the, do you, so what do like, you know, darker skin people do if they have? Electrolysis can work for, on darker skin types as okay. well. That's uh, because you have an, a technician who's directing the needle so they can mm-hmm. see where the hair is. It's not, okay. it's not by the light itself. Oh, interesting. That never, yeah, I guess that never really occurred to me that, um, yeah, to have the contrast and also the color of the hair. So I'd like to take a quick break from the podcast to talk to you about Anne-Marie Skincare. Anne-Marie is a wonderful brand that is special because they handcraft and pick their ingredients from the wild. These ingredients include herbs and plant extracts. The picked herbs are then infused into aloe vera and skin oils at low heat for up to 30 days, which becomes a base for the products. The natural products are then developed individually with specific aromatherapy, plant and seed oils, skin supporting nutrients, and more to create effective natural products. I love their products and they provide a great way to get started with sample size kits. My favorite products are the mineral foundation, herbal facial oil, and aloe herb cleanser. Upon getting the mineral foundation, I was actually able to get rid of my previous liquid foundation, concealer, and loose powder. Talk about multifunctionality. So with the mineral foundation, I could get rid of three to four of my old products, and I definitely love Anne-Marie very much. So for more info, you can go to nourishmount.com, go to the shop page, and look for Anne-Marie Skincare to get your free sample kit. And now back to the podcast. So for women with excessive hair, what kind of common struggles do you see with them? I think the biggest struggle is always going to be self-confidence. That feeling that something is wrong with you, that everyone's looking at you, that everyone sees the hair. Um, Same thing with acne, that everyone sees the acne and that they're judging you based on it. And that's such a hard one because that, that when you start getting down on yourself, then you're not feeling, um, you don't feel as good about keeping to your routines. You don't feel as good about eating healthy. You don't feel as good about everything you need to do in your life. It can kind of drag you down. Mm, Yeah. A lot on the body image. So how do you, so do you actually kind of address that when you, you know, your clients come in? I do. I talk with my, um, coaching clients a lot about mindset that, Mm. um, 
whatever's going on in your skin, whether it's excess hair, whether it's the acne, it's your body signaling to you that something is out of balance, that something's wrong with the hair. It's signaling that there's a, a testosterone imbalance, that there's something going on. So for a lot of people, that's the first indication that PCOS might even be a factor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times when you, um, you're used to irregular periods or painful periods or heavy flow. And that's just kind of what you think is normal. Mm -hmm. It's not until you get the whiskers that mm -hmm. pop up. And you're like, right. Wait a minute. Maybe it's something hormonal that's out of balance. It's not just that my periods are super crampy, um, that there's something you need to focus on. So I like to remind them that it's our, our body is telling us that there's something going on, that it's time to listen and that we're not our acne. We're not our facial hair. We are this whole person. And this is one thing that's popping up right now and that there's things we can do to address it. And that even if we stayed looking the way that we look, we're already full and whole and healthy and, you know, a, worthy of being loved and being successful and being in the world. I like where this is going. <laughs> um, yes, I totally agree. I feel like, uh, yeah, especially PCOS women, they do, you know, they have also like, most of them have like the overweight issue. So it's a, like a lot going on. And especially the skin and hair is very external. So yeah, anything external kind of hits us harder. Well, and I think too, it like taps into that, that feminine being. Like there's something... Mm -hmm in being a woman that you feel like you've lost when you right. start looking not like what our society has shown mm -hmm. you that a woman is supposed to look like. So it can get really, it can get really difficult to yeah. keep your self-confidence up when something's going on like that. So mm -hmm. I always think it's important to refocus, redirect, and like separate yourself a little bit from what's going on on your face because it's not you. Yeah. You're like a super awesome um aesthetician like you know you don't <laughs> only you. do the treatments but you you know give this whole thing about the mindset that's awesome well, thank um, you <laughs> so what do so for example if someone does have pcos or any other condition and they have they're looking for hair removal options mm -hmm. what should they look for how do they even think about should i go for ipl or how do they look for an aesthetician that's I don't know, credited or whatever, like, yeah. Um, well, you definitely want to find someone who's licensed. Right. Um, and I think having an esthetician is really good as opposed to just going to a dermatologist because we, we can work a little longer with you. you know, dermatologists, right. gonna, they're going to see you for a short period of time. They're usually going to prescribe something they're looking from um, a medical standpoint. Mm. So usually with PCOS and hormonal acne, they're going to prescribe like a spirolactalone or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's going to um, treat the hormone imbalance mm -hmm. while you're taking that medication, but um, it might not necessarily fix the problem long-term. Mm. Um, and I, and they're definitely not going to get into like the mindset, the. Yeah, totally. The, <laughs> <laughs> that's not their job and that's yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I mean, not every esthetician is going to be like that as well, but I do think we, a lot of us come from a very loving place where we want mm -hmm. our clients to be um, accepting of themselves. Mm -hmm. So you want to look for somebody who, um, you know, works with acne, who mentions something about hormones. They might not necessarily talk about hair 
Um, I know in definitely in my okay. website, I don't necessarily reference hair um, growth, mm -hmm. but I've referred clients out to electrolysis or to IPL or um, laser hair removal. Um, when I had my laser hair removal done, honestly, I went to like one of the big like chain <laughs> laser places. Okay. Yeah. And that for me was a great experience. So mm -hmm. um, you do want to make sure you have a technician that knows what they're doing. Um, mm -hmm. When you're getting IPL done professionally, it's going to be done by an RN. So you're going to have a nurse who's taking mm -hmm. care of you and they've been trained on, on what to do in that situation. Um, definitely like, write your questions, ask your questions, and don't be afraid to ask about the side effects, ask about um, mm -hmm. the regrowth patterns, and be open-minded to it. Um, if you have other people you know that have had similar treatments, I, I always think referral is 100% best, because if you yeah. like the person that you've seen, right. and going to see that person again is going to, um, it's going to be a better experience than just kind of like, picking somebody off of Instagram or Yelp. Yeah, totally. And it's not only skin, like any, 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 you know, condition that you're going for, like even a doctor, like, yeah, I can't just pick any gynecologist either. Um, yeah, that's interesting that you brought up the whole part about the dermatologist. Um, I re I had a client, she was seeing someone and she was put on spironolactone and we eventually got her off it because it like it turns out she didn't really need it like we adjusted all her lifestyle choices her diet and stuff and her skin's actually not worsening now it's actually pretty good it's been improving so yeah i i agree with you 100 percent about the whole like really finding out about the root causes about the hormone imbalance mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what's interesting too is um a lot of people think they have hormonal acne, especially if it's presenting in the jaw area mm -hmm. and related directly to their cycle. A lot of people mm -hmm. will just assume that it's hormonal acne, but true hormonal acne is very rare, except in cases of PCOS. Mm. Um, Postmenopausal women have imbalances. And um, of course, teen acne is hormonal as well, but right. it's different kind of hormone situation that's going on. But PCOS is one of the true like hormonal triggers for acne. So if someone has, you know, like a random spot on their chin mm -hmm. or just, it just comes out every now and again, what do you think that is attributed to? Well, um, so same thing like when we're talking about weak tissue. Mm -hmm. So if your skin is where something comes up, there's usually a place where it comes up over mm -hmm. and over again. So um, for me, like it's usually like right here around the, the jaw and the chin, and that's where I broke out before. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I'm going to break out now. And especially right now, um, mask knee is a real thing. Like those of us wearing masks, um, oh, when you're out, yeah, you're going to totally. get a little friction in this area. So where you have the skin is being irritated um, that's where you're going to see it pop up. So um, there is something I, I think to be said for looking at face mapping and like what's pop popping up here and there. Mm -hmm. um, but usually where you broke out before is where you're going to break out again. So, oh, so that'll happen. Um, uh, reducing the overall toxic load. So having your diet working properly, having your digestion working. So you're actually getting those nutrients out um, of your food. 
keeping your stress levels low, which I, I think definitely ties into that mindset. And that's a little piece that I can give is some sort of stress management. Um, and then picking the right products. So if you're using something on your skin that clogs your pores, um, you're going to be more likely to break out again. Right. And when you say clog your pores, is that like for someone not using a product that's for their skin? Yes, um, kind of. I mean, the way comedones form is a super complex process. I won't like get into it because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really complicated. But one of the things that happens is, um, you know, we have pores. Mm-hmm. We all have our skin is covered in pores. Some people's are bigger. Some people's are smaller. Our pores, um, I always thought of it as like the pore is a hole in the skin. Yeah. But it's really not. It's skin that goes down into a divot and then comes back around. And inside that little divot, there's a sebum gland and there's a maybe mm. a sweat gland and there's some other glands that are in there. But there's still skin cells all the way in there. And those skin cells are going to flake off because that's what happens. We just, our skin cells are always turning over. The new ones come from the bottom, the old ones flake off. So inside that core where you have these cells that are peeling off, Mm -hmm. they have to come up and out of that divot in order to get all the way out. And when you're acne prone or you have um, a hormone imbalance that's causing excess sebum and you're maybe shedding a little bit more, it's going to get stuck in that area. So you're getting stuff stuck in your pores. Um, If you add to that ingredients that are um, a little thicker, a little bit more binding, um, occlusive, and there's like a, a laundry list. I won't even like right. I won't start on what pork clogging ingredients are, but if anyone's interested, please reach out. I'd be helpful <laughs> to share that information. But so you add these pork clogging ingredients and now you've got sebum in the pore, you've got the dead skin cells that are in the pore, and then you've got pork clogging ingredient and everything just gets kind of jammed up. Mm-hmm. And so you're, now you've got a plug in that pore Mm-hmm. and you still have that sebum gland that's underneath it. The sebum gland is still pushing out oil, but it has nowhere to go. Right. And uh, this not only occurs to people with oily skin, right? Like it can occur to yeah. anyone with like whatever skin type they have. Yeah. Well, everybody has some sort of oil. I mean, even right. the driest skin is producing some sort of oil. So it mm-hmm. definitely can happen. And um, I think one of the biggest triggers is products that are made for oily skin. So if you're using something that is supposed to strip the skin, it's supposed to remove the oil that can um, cause irritation. Mm-hmm. When your skin gets irritated, you think of it like um, if you have allergies mm-hmm. and your allergies make your eyes swell, it's harder to see out of your eyes because your eyes are swollen. If we irritate or you have an allergic reaction in the pore level, it's harder for stuff to move out of the pores because the pores are swollen. Right. That okay. makes sense. Also, yeah. Thinking about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So from the, the very small level, you can get like congestion just because you have irritation or a, um, a histamine reaction in the skin at the skin level. So you want to use products that are calming, that are nurturing, that are, um, I, I think, one of the best tools you've got for skin that tends to clog is an oil cleanser. Using something that's oil-based with a surfactant that can help um, mm-hmm. oil around you. You've got oil, it binds to the oil that's in the skin. It's really, really nice for um, keeping the skin both hydrated, non-stripped, and getting the clogs moved out. 
Wow, that's interesting. That's almost, it sounds like a contradiction. Like, oh, you have like acne, but you use an oil-based cleanser. So I guess what you're saying is that those products that actually strip away your natural oils, they worsen the status of your clogged pores. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see. Because we need our natural oils to kind of push all of that gunk yeah, out. We okay. do. Yeah, we want that all working well. Ooh. Wow, this is really interesting. I actually don't really know. <laughs> whenever, you know, I think a lot of us, whenever we shop, we're just like, oh, I have normal skin or I have dry skin. Like we, sometimes it almost feels like a guess sometimes. And then we just try it on. And then like, if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But it's really uh, nice to know the science behind it. Yeah, the, the, um, when you get into like what makes products work, it's really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. Like from a formulaic side, I'm, I think it's really interesting what you can do with active ingredients, what mm -hmm. uh, you can do with just cleansers even and having the right cleanser. I always thought that didn't matter because it's on your face for such a short amount of time and then you rinse it off, like whatever cleanser, like right. that's not a big deal. Um, and it's only been very recently that I've learned more about why cleansers are so important, why picking the right one is so important, and that I've switched to an oil cleanser myself and I've seen a huge difference in my skin. That's awesome. So this is a great segue into like skincare ingredients. Mm -hmm. So I can't wait for this. So what are some ingredients that women can look out for which can help to reduce like acne formation and reduce the hair growth? Yeah, so specifically for PCOS, because there's a ton of ingredients in different directions that are going to um, affect acne, but specifically for like skin that has PCOS, mm -hmm. um, resveratrol is a huge antioxidant that helps inhibit um, the hair growth and helps inhibit the acne formation um, and helps calm the skin. So resveratrol is something I would look for. Fever feel. Fever feel. Fever feel. F-E-V-E-R-F-E-W. Um, it's an herb. Mm -hmm. Fearfew is actually a 5-alpha reductase inhibitor. Oh. So when we're talking about that reaction that happens in the skin level of testosterone into um, DHT, mm -hmm. Fearfew is going to help inhibit that process. So that's going to be a really cool one. Um, and then golden seal. Mm -hmm. um, golden seal contains a compound called berberine. Have you ever, have you ever oh, totally. Yes. So um, berberine, um, it's anti-inflammatory, it's antibacterial, and it's androgen inhibiting. So it will help um, reduce that production of DHT. So those are the three big ones that I would say to look for, specifically mm -hmm. for PCOS. That's, I hope everyone took notes on that. Fever, few, resveratrol, and golden seal. That's really interesting. I didn't know berberine was in that because I do know a lot of people take berberine um, for their insulin resistance. And um, yeah, so I just mm -hmm. learned about it as a supplement that you could take mm -hmm. it internally. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting for someone, <laughs> um, you know, who might not even have a major blood sugar problem, might not have major insulin resistance, it might even be worth looking at for those minor things because right. that, that reaction, um, there, there's a whole nother reaction that happens with the um, insulin resistance that leads to excess sebum mm -hmm. production as well. So really, really interesting. But those are the ones I would look for. Um, and yeah, the 5-alpha the reductase, um, 
if we inhibit that, that's going to do both. It's going to limit the sebum production and it's going to um, inhibit the hair growth. So nice. Okay. Yeah, definitely look up for that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this is a good time to kind of wrap it up. I feel like we did talk a lot about um, all the skincare and hair removal. I really enjoyed it actually. Like I, I really learned something new today and I hope um, the listeners do as well. So, you know, because you're awesome esthetician and also because I love that you talk about the mindset piece. I just, I hope people will go to your practice to find you. So where can they actually find you both in person and online? Thank you. Yeah, you can find me online. My website is um, Saving Face SD, San Diego. I'm in San Diego. So Saving Face SD. Mm -hmm. um, I'm on Instagram, Saving Face SD. Facebook, Saving Face SD. It's all the same everywhere. Like, <laughs> okay. if you look for Saving Face SD, you're going to find me. Um, and then I'm located in the Hillcrest area of San Diego. So if you're in San Diego locally or you're visiting, come by and see me. Um, we can do an in-depth skin analysis. I do distance coaching because I found that most of the um, most of the issues that we have with the skin can be cleared up by um, phone, by Zoom. We do a Zoom mm. call and I can really talk into what's going on. Um, diet, lifestyle, topicals, and the mindset that ties it all together. So that's really what I focus on in my coaching. And then when you come to see me facial, we don't do as much talking during facial. You get to really relax. So we mm -hmm. get that stress relief. Um, I use a skincare line called Rococo Botanicals, which if you might mm -hmm. want to look them up as well. They've got a, um, a serum specifically for PCOS. It's called Plant Harmonizing Serum. And it has those ingredients that we talked about um, that's the line I use in my practice and they're really focused on acne and um, making the skin healthy from a holistic standpoint. That's awesome. I, so my sister-in-law actually lives in San Diego. I might hit you up for a facial. Yeah, come on <laughs> down. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm open back up. We are, have permission to open up. I'm a solo practitioner. So it's just me and you in the room mm -hmm. at a time. So we're very safe and very clean. Come on in and see me. Yes, very good. A lot of focus on the very clean. Definitely yeah. go see. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for your time. Thank you, Mel. It's been a pleasure.